All right, so we're in our Multiply series. Uh, this is the sixth installment. This is the most important series of the entire year. We talked about new is better, having a heart and habit of a soul winner. We, we, we talked about in uh, week number four, the imp- saved to save. Like, what are the characteristics uh, of a person? How can you know you're really saved and you can't lose your salvation? Well, I gave you those characteristics. And, and then last week, we talked about what it means to be fruitful. And so in line with that fruit theme and the importance of, as Scripture says in Genesis, uh, we're called to uh, be fruitful and multiply, uh, I'm going to talk to you about kind of a misunderstood, uh, maybe not read very often, certainly not taught on story or parable about the fig tree, regarding a fig tree. By the way, anybody like figs? Anybody like figs? I love figs. Uh, I've converted from Fig Newtons to figs. Come on, somebody. I used to eat Fig Newtons by the sleeve. Just open them up and one by one by one. Thank you, Jesus. I've been set free from Fig Newtons. Is Fig Newtons a demon? I don't know, but it was for me at one time. I used to eat so many of them. But today's lesson, we're going to talk about the parable of the fig tree. And and inside this um, parable, it's going to help you. Uh, see the ingredients you need to grow and multiply. Now, if you're a leader and a leader of leaders, which many of you are that are listening, all of you are leaders in some capacity. You have some sphere of influence, so this is relevant in both respects. What you need, but what you need to give others who need to grow and multiply as well. But if you're there now in this place in the season where you feel stuck, you, you've hit a lid, you, you don't seem to be moving forward, you're, you're spinning your wheels, you're, you know, you're circling the mountain over and over again. Maybe you've experienced some kind of a setback. Uh, maybe um, there's been some kind of a, a mild emotional, you wouldn't say you're depressed, but you're, or you have, you know, like clinical depression, but maybe you feel depressed at times. Maybe an old addiction has creeped back into your life again. Or maybe some negative behavior that you just can't seem to beat. Or you're in this season of pain or hurt or something like that, and it just won't seem to subside. You feel, in a sense, powerless to move on, to push on, to to move forward. Today I want to give you these solutions, or you could call them even ingredients, uh, for growth and multiplication. And Jesus provides them in this, uh, in this story, and it's for our growth journey as multipliers. So I want to read this parable to you from Luke 13. If you're following with me, Luke chapter 13, I'm reading from the NIV. And verse 6, it says, A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but it, he didn't find any. So he owns a fig, he owns a vineyard. He has a fig tree. He goes to see if the fig tree is producing anything, and it's nothing there. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard for three years now, I think he's frustrated personally, I've been coming back to look for fruit on this fig tree, expecting results, and I haven't found any. Cut it down! Exclamation point. Why should I use up the soil? So let's pause right here for a second. Let's take a time out. What observations can we make in this parable that are relevant to us? Well, first of all, the context is the guy owns a vineyard. The guy has, he's, he's has, um, pro, you know, he has um, uh, fig trees that are supposed to produce, produce, as it were. And he's ex- also expecting results. And he gave it a certain amount of time for it to produce results, this fig tree. Three years, that's a long time, everybody. So to anyone, any onlooker, any observer, any reader within this story, 
that's a very real problem. It's an understandable problem. He gave it time. Nothing happened. So it's time to cut it down. Stop using up the resources. Stop wasting my time. I'm going to stop investing in this. You can put it out of the gardener mode and put it into a relational mode or put it into a financial mode or put it into, you know, a leadership environment. Ever had a situation with someone or something like that? where you waited and waited for growth and, and for movement and for change. I wish she would just change. I wish she would just change. And there was nothing, zero, goose egg, nada, nil. We all have, right? We all have. So if this is where the story ended, um, we'd probably be supportive of this owner of the vineyard. It, it makes sense. A fig tree is supposed to produce fruit. Um, that's, what, that's what they do. If it doesn't, it, sh- it really doesn't have any value because that's what it was created for. And so it all makes sense, all right? But here's another way to say it, just kind of unpacking this. This is how this is a, a more leadership, you know, lens to look through. Two common responses in our world or in culture today to uh, fruitlessness. Two common responses are there's always an evaluation, an evaluation. If you're taking notes, write that down. We, what, what does that mean? It means we always, we always inspect we, what we expect. You know, we're, hey, I got some trees. I, I got a vineyard, and I'm going to go out there ex- expecting them, inspecting them because I expected them to do something. In other words, there's, there's, there's this tree, there's no fruit. It, that's a universal problem. In other words, anyone would see it that way. Anyone would see it that way through that lens. Then the second kind of response, common response, is a legal response. Legal. Uh, If the latter is true, then no fruit equals no tree at some point. No fruit equals no tree at some point. It's a natural response that if the tree for which it was created is not producing what it was created to produce then it shouldn't be able to continue. It shouldn't be able to, it should be cut down. It shouldn't be able to use up time, resources, energy, etc. So these two responses for a lack of fruitfulness, production, growth, change, are normal, normative in today's world through most people's view or lens or windshield. They're, they're even legal, or you could say, Within your rights to think that way, okay? But listen, transition. Stay with me now. But are they Christ-like? Are they, are those observations, those common responses, the solution for personal growth or for assisting someone else in their growth? Are they? I would submit to you, no, absolutely not. In fact, are these responses what you would want to grow or what I, Derek Fry, would want to grow? Um, Are they the best responses to help other people to become fruitful as believers? Could the results, the outcomes have been different? How? How could they be different, though? Are there things we need, we need, they need, in order to experience growth and multiplication in our lives? I submit to you there are. And so let's go back to the story. Enter into this parable, the gardener. The gardener shows up. Not the vineyard owner, the gardener. It's a new character. Now remember, this tree, the context is, this tree was A.D. What do I mean by that? A.D. All done. Okay? All done. If not for this gardener's arrival, uh, this, the life of this tree was over. 
You could put it into, again, a relational leadership, a financial, any kind of context. There was, there was an end, a termination to a situation, to a relationship, to a covenant, all kinds of things, if not for a gardener. See, some of you are a gardener in somebody else's life, and you are called to rescue, save, restore, and help something produce fruit and become multiplicative. So the gardener comes in and says, sir, 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 just, 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 just leave it alone for one more year, and I'm going to dig around it, and I'm going to fertilize it, and if it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. Here's a key thought I want to introduce here. This is an amazing story. For there to be fruitfulness, for there to be growth, for there to be multiplication, we all need an advocate. We all need a gardener. We all need help. We all need help. The advocate must be someone who is, this is a key condition, it really relates more to motivation, non-judgmental and understand something about a tree, a fig tree. And that is that a fig tree cannot fix itself. The fig tree could not fix itself. So in this last verse, this gardener gave us three solutions, three ingredients for um, the soil uh, that drive the work and growth and the multiplication. The first thing he said was, I'm going to dig around it. I'm going to dig around it. The second thing he said is, I'm going to fertilize it. And then the next thing he said is, I'm going to give it another year. Now, let's translate these three things into the growth or the multiplicative process that apply to you when you need to multiply and grow, but also through you to someone else that you are leading, influencing, and trying to help. So, First one, what do we dig for? What are we looking for? First kind of solution is we're going to dig up the truth. Everybody put that in your notes. Truth, truth. We're going to dig up the truth. Here's kind of a, a, a way we can put it into a question. A way we can put it into a question is what is the cause why isn't this fig tree producing? In, in verse uh, 8, it says, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it. So what's the reason there's no fruit? What's the reason things aren't working? Why isn't this moving forward? Why isn't this marriage working? Why is there poverty that continues to follow me everywhere I go? Uh, in my life, this is kind of a PD-ism, I call it cracking the code. There's something significant that if I could find it, I could solve it. And, and, and I, don't know, I don't know if you've ever, like, somebody, somebody you know, or maybe this happened to you where you wrecked your car or your car won't start. Um, so what do you do? You talk to a mechanic, right? If your car won't start or you've wrecked your car, you, you talk to a mechanic. And what do they do? They start to dig around on your dollar and, your, and, and for expensive time period, but they start to dig around and they open up the hood and they look inside and they'll be like, oh, you know, and sometimes it, depending on your, your experience or exposure, like nobody ever put a spark plug in this car. Well, of course it doesn't work. Or when you had this fender bender, here's what happened. The wires got all messed up and there's some essential wiring where water got in there and damaged it. And no wonder it's not working. The mechanic got in there under the hood, in there under the hood and began to dig around. And in each person, 
that is currently experiencing a setback or is sidelined in some way where they're, it's because there's often a belief, a mindset, a thought, I like to say sometimes an inner vow that you have made that is keeping you from fruitfulness and multiplication. So what happens is somebody needs to come in from the outside and dig around you and get under and into the hood, under the hood of your life, and under the hood and into your heart, you could say, to find the blockage, to find the, the wiring, the essential wiring that is off, to find there's a wrench in there that's messing things up so it doesn't work right. And it's, an enc it's encumbering your ability to change, grow, and multiply. And so I want you to see that for you to, um, to find truth, you need, it requires advocacy certainly from the Holy Spirit, but from people. And people help you search for and seek out uh, the truth. And when we dig around, we eventually will find the truth. When, when there is some digging, we, we're, we're going to find something. And, 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 and you can see uh, there's something else that a mechanic does um, that we don't do really well. The mechanic also knows where to look. So you can't just have anybody digging around for truth. You can't just invite anybody under the hood of your car and your life. You have to have somebody who is qualified and capable to, uh, to help you find that truth. Because truth, they also have to know this for you, the truth is a standard. It's a standard that we're all called to reach as Christ followers. And the truth reveals when we find it, when we dig it up, where we are in relationship to the standard. And between the truth and where we are, that gap is the journey, the process of growth. And the goal is through that help and advocacy that we come to meet those standards. And when we do, we begin to grow. We begin to be fruitful. We begin to multiply. Closing the gap is the process of, of growth. But you can't close the gap if you don't see the truth. See, this is an incentive, by the way, to fully engage in the local church because you all, I have one, you have one, blind spots. I cannot see the backside of my head, but you can. And somebody else can help you see what you cannot see. You cannot close the gap if you cannot see the truth and you cannot see the truth all by yourself. You are blind, walking around in a level of darkness because you can't see that by yourself. So determine the truth. We need help and we need help from wise people who have gone before us, been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, Sold it to defer the cost. You've heard that little line. But have you ever noticed that in order for, if you ever, have you ever noticed that in a 12-step program, the 12th step, some of you would know this, I've studied these things, but the 12th step is for you to get out and help someone else. So some of the reasons you're not getting over what you need to get over, some of the reasons you're not growing, being fruitful, and multiply is because you're spending all your time helping yourself. you got to help other people in the process. 2 Corinthians 1.4 says that the Apostle Paul told us that the comfort that we have received from God, we should go. Come on, everybody say go. Put it in the chat, say go. And we should give. Everybody say give. We should go and give to others. So when we're hurting, yeah, we need to talk to somebody. 
And we need to talk to somebody that has some experience. We need to talk to somebody that knows the standards of truth in God's eyes. We need to talk to somebody who can apply that uh, to our situation. We want to know things, you know, like if you're getting counseling, you want to know, like, before I got counseling, how many depressed people have you helped and how successful have you been, <laughs> you know? Did they, get, did they get better after you gave them help? Did they, did they overcome? Were they worse? You know, are they still around? You know, so growing better or finding healing it starts with knowing the truth, but you got to get the right people around you too, the wise counsel around you to help you. But that truth piece is so big, guys. I don't know how to say it, but you want, you want, that, you want that truth. When you get the truth about what it is that's causing you to stay uh, 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 you know, beneath the surface and not bust out of it, to not break through, to not overcome, when you get that truth, uh, it's a revelation, it's not just a reason. It's not just a cause. It's, 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 when it's a root thing, it affects the fruit thing. So uh, Psalm 51, 6, it's not in your notes, but it says, I know that you delight to set your truth deep in my spirit. I love that. That's the um, Passion Translation. God wants to help you find the truth with the help of others and set that truth deep in your spirit. And when it's down deep in your spirit, it will begin to germinate. It will begin to grow. It will be fruitfulness is produced from the inside out, not from the outside in. We'll talk about that in a little bit. For example, if you want to lose weight, some of you out there, I've been doing a whole thing on Facebook on Wisdom Wednesdays on being fit. Four, week, four different uh, weeks on that. And if, if all you did to lose, say you want to lose 100 pounds, if all you did was step on the scale and then go, oh, my gosh, and feel bad, and just you, know, look, at the, you look at the results, and you look at the situation, and you think, you know what, I'm going to try again, I'm going to go on a diet again, this is called a New Year's resolution. This is, this is what that's called. Feel bad, try again, New Year's resolution. Some people refer to this as the resolution dilemma. It's so cyclical. And all the research shows that the best way to gain weight is to go on a diet. Yep, that's what I said. Because the focus in this situation, in this New Year's resolution, in this resolution dilemma is external to internal instead of internal to external. Instead, we have to start the process by asking questions. Why did I eat that unhealthy meal? What happened right before I ate a sleeve of Fig Newtons? What feeling or state was I in when I was, you know, compelled to act out that way? What were the triggers? Where did that wounded response uh, come from? Why am I medicating it uh, that way in, in, in that particular uh, uh, pattern? So Jesus often said to, to, to the Pharisees, he said, you know what? You clean the outside of the cup, but, but you don't clean the inside. So God always wants to do an inside-outside work, but it starts with getting the truth, digging around for it, finding it, but getting it deep down in your spirit. Real change is an internal work before it becomes an external work. Have you ever been to a surgeon and you needed help and they gave you a Band-Aid? No, 
They, don't, they never do that. A surgeon doesn't do that. What they do is they, they go into an examination period. They might run scans. They might run x-rays. and th- They want to find out what's causing the problem. They are searching. They are looking. They are digging for truth. Once you find the truth, and that's dug up, the vineyard grower says he was going to do something else. He was going to apply fertilizer. So here's the second solution that you need and you can give to other people to grow. We're going, number two, to apply grace. Everybody say grace. See, if it were put into a question, it would be like this. What is needed for growth? Fertilizer is what is needed for the fig tree or for the plant or for the person to grow. Plants to people, we all need fertilizer. In the context of of life, fertilizer is grace. Grace, unmerited uh, favor. Grace does not just equal God accepts me just the way I am. No, that's not what grace is. That's the manifestation of grace. It's different. Grace is unmerited favor. Unmerited means I don't bring anything to this formula, to this equation. I don't bring anything to the party. I'm broken, busted. I'm broken beyond repair. I cannot fix myself. So somebody from the outside has got to step in to, to my situation, get on the inside, get under the hood of my life, and apply fertilizer, which gives the plant, the person, what it needs to produce, what it cannot produce on its own. Is everybody with me right now? So I... Let me say it like this. First of all, a precursor, a prequalification for grace is embrace truth. So in other words, you can't have the abundant um, divine enablement that comes from grace until you embrace the prickly truth that you cannot fix yourself. You need help. You need help. And so this is what a lot of times gets us messed up. And so the, the counterpart, uh, excuse me, more the counterfeit for uh, this God solution is self-help. Self-help. Self-help doesn't uh, completely or complete anyone. Self-help really doesn't help ultimately. In fact, God is the only one who is self-sustaining. I don't need anybody else. I'll help myself. No, no, no. The only one who is self-sustaining is God. It's one of, his, one of the many attributes of God. We all must draw life from the outside. And I talked about it last week. Siphoning uh, can be bad. Sometimes it can be good. In the context of a baby in a mother's womb, it's good. But the Bible says, the Bible tells us to heal the brokenhearted, not to tell the brokenhearted. The Bible tells us to help the weak, not just to tell the weak to walk on their own. Romans 15.1 says, we who are strong in the faith should help the weak with their weaknesses and not only please ourselves. So whatever you need to grow, whatever you need to, to move on, a part of it is going to come from outside. Then, and I would just say, uh, and after that, you, you got some work to do. That's definitely, there's definitely personal responsibility and personal work. But first, got to find the truth. Second, you have to fertilize. And so the Bible gives so much, so much by way of fertilization. It, it'll, it'll use, it, it has the importance of support and the importance of correction and the importance of teaching. And one of my favorite is the importance of modeling fertilizer could be modeling. Uh, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Uh, Philippians it t- says, follow the pattern that I gave. Whatever you've seen, heard, you know, uh, in me, put that into practice, it says. In, in Philippians uh, uh, 3 and Philippians 4, it says that. So modeling is one of the best 
um, ways the human system changes. We need to be taught. We need to be corrected. That's part of this change process. And that's why I believe, again, so uh, fervently, with great conviction, in the importance of being a part of a spiritual family. Because your spiritual family will, in many cases, outperform your biological family. Because it's, it's broken. And God has created an environment with the same ideals and same values where you can, as we say this in small group training, where you can connect in a small group, you connect. In a small group, you protect. In a small group, you grow. You grow. So as a body, we should be about helping each other, connecting. Scripture uses terms like ligaments and, and joints and sinews. These are, these are metaphors. Um, this, this, this is terminology the Scripture uses to talk about the many aspects of relationship that keep us healthy and help us grow. In Ephesians 4, it says, as each part does its special work. Each part. Are you in each? Say, I'm in each. And I have a special work, a special part, a special role that helps others grow. And so we need to dig around. We need to find the truth. Then we need to fertilize or apply grace. And these are to coexist. And they are inextricably connected to each other. Uh, truth uh, without grace I heard this said, truth without grace is mean, and grace without truth is meaningless. Amen. So here's number three. The final solution, and perhaps the hardest to calculate, the hardest to live out for most people is, we got to give it some time. We got to give it time. This is the hardest point for me to make, uh, because everybody wants to uh, formulize it. Everybody wants uh, black and white about this. But if we were to put this into a question, this is the third solution to help you personally be fruitful and multiply, and for you to help others. If you're a counselor, this is priceless information. This is like classic stuff. But if you put it into question, what are the time limits? Like, okay, I've, I'm digging around for truth. I found it. Now I'm applying grace. And how long do I go with this? How long do I wait? What's the time limit? Once you've discovered the, the, the truth and the gaps between the standard of truth and where you are. And once you begin to bring the support and the correction and the teaching and the modeling, how long do we give ourselves and how long do we give others? You know, in this story, he gave four years. If you're looking at it fully, um, if you want to look at it, maybe you could just say just one, depending on which angle of this. But in Luke 16, it said, Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year. So we'll just use, in this case, let's just say it was one year once he got what he needed to grow. So the Holy Spirit spoke to me uh, moments after I wrote this down. And, and I was reading this particular parable. And, and, and he spoke to me, about, and he said this to me. He said, son, and I hope I can translate this. But son, if the person felt like they were redeeming time, and not doing time. By the way, the time you gave them, in this case this, of the story, if they felt like you were redeeming time and not doing time, then the outcomes would be vastly different. I'm going to say it again because I'm not sure it's coming through. Son, he said to me, the person that you're, wait, you're waiting for to produce, the person that you've given time, the person that you've helped them find the truth, you've, 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 you've dug around for it, and you found it. It's, it's down in there now. They know it. Here's, the, here's where they are. Here's where they need to go. The person that got the fertilizer and, and the grace that they needed, if that person that you're trying to help grow felt like 
they were redeeming time and not just doing time, the outcomes would be vastly different. What does he say? Think about it. If the person that you are giving this time was, are they under grace in your heart? Are they under the law in your heart? Are they, are they in your heart likely to fail, but you want to just be able to say, well, I gave them a chance. I gave them a year. Or are they in your heart likely to succeed? And if I just give them this opportunity, they will overcome. They will change. They will become fruitful. I would submit to you that a dynamic in multiplication and fruitfulness has to do with what's going on in your heart as you apply this third solution to your situation and the situation of others. Another key ingredient, I think, is this. I think is another way to determine the time or the limits is to put yourself in their shoes and ask, how much time would I need? This exercise, if employed, not only gives direction to my life, but it gives correction to my heart that needs to become more sympathetic. So powerful. To change, to grow, to multiply. Giving something time isn't just attending one meeting. It's not just going on one retreat. It's not just having one conversation. It's not one and done. It's, it's getting watered over and over and over again. It's pruning over and over and over again. It's getting fertilized with the right heart, with the right motivation. I have a friend who was, in, who was a horrible alcoholic. He lost his family. He lost several businesses. And, and he got into recovery and failed over and over again, but now has been sober for 30 years. And I asked him, how did you get sober? He said, well, uh, it, it wasn't hard. I just, went, I just went to three AA meetings a day. And my goal was to make it from one meeting to, a, to another meeting without stopping at, you know, uh, the liquor store. And over time, he just kept doing that and doing that over time. And, and he would, it would get easier. It would just get easier. His dosage level initially, the amount of fertilizer and the amount of support that he needed was higher than the average person. And I, I just don't think, and I think sometimes we think and we behave like it's one injection. It's just one shot of truth. It's just one dose of grace. It, it, and then we give up. God has given each of us a specific spiritual metabolic capacity or function where we take what we did in conversation. We take what we heard in a small group at Connect. We take what we listened to online at church and we go out and we live it out. And then we fail and then we do well, repeat. And when we keep coming back again and again, and we get a little bit more, and we go a little bit further, that's called growth. That's called becoming fruitful. That's called multiplication. So here's what I want you to do as I begin to wrap things up. I want you to take the parable of this fig tree, and I want you to ask yourself something. Two questions. First question is, what are the ways in which I'm getting the grace, the truth, and the time I need? You might need to make some changes in your life, in your relationship, in your efforts, so that you are, somebody's helping you find the truth. Somebody or some, somebody's are helping you with the fertilizer you need in your life. That's why you need a local church. And you're in a situation where there's limits, but it's with the right motivation and it's with the right heart. Second question is, if I'm a leader and you are a leader to some extent, to some level, what are the ways in which I'm giving truth, 
grace and time to other people. Consider why the healing or growth process happened for you in the past. I bet some of these ingredients were there. I, I bet you needed probably all three of them to produce whatever it is you've, you've produced. Let me tell you like this. God doesn't expect you to change by yourself, by your own knowledge, by your own strength, by your own wisdom. No, if that was possible, Jesus would not have had to die. <laughs> Think about it. Think about how much God believes in your inability not just your ability. Yeah, see, we judge ourselves by our inability, but God embraced your inability so much that he chose to die for it, to stop the judgment of the owner of the vineyard. He came as a gardener so that you could be fruitful and multiply once again. Jesus didn't die just to leave us where we are, depressed and anxious and stressed and, and, and underachieving. No, he died to begin the process of removing the judge that kills growth. Jesus, he sanctifies us over time by bringing us the grace, the truth, and the time that we need to be fruitful and multiply. Just this last week, my grandson was over my house, my grandson Zion. We call him Z, Zinu. We have these little names for him. And when Zion, as a little over two years old, doesn't know how to do something or figure something out, he'll always come over to me. And he comes over, and he had these two, he had these eggs from, from Easter, and he couldn't put them back together again. And he wanted to put something inside them and put them back together. Just a simple task. And he'll come over to me right beside me on the couch. He'll go, Poppy, help. It's not help, by the way. It's help. Okay, so it's like hell meets Yelp, help. <laughs> but it'll say, Poppy, help. And I'll just take the two things and I'll put it together, and then he'll smile, thanks, Poppy, and he'll walk away. What's so beautiful about my son Zion is, and what I think we need to do is, we all need to come to the realization, better yet, the revelation, like Zion, like in the story of the parable, that you need help. You need help. That you can't figure out everything by yourself. That you can't save yourself. That you can't grow all by yourself. And I would say to you, like Zion said to me, invite Jesus. Are you ready to ask for help today? Are you ready to invite him into your life and say, I can't do it by myself? With every head bowed, with every eye closed, wherever you are in the world today, would you just say this with me? If you've never said this before, it's so important that, that you understand that Jesus is the gardener, and he wants to come into your life, and he wants to give you truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus is grace. You don't deserve it. It says in God's word, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. You can't fix, save, rescue yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works. Or we brag about it. We boast about it. If that's you today, and you want to embrace truth, you want his grace. God is giving you a moment right now to make that decision. I don't know how much time you have for that, but maybe today is the time for you. Would you just say this with me? Say, Jesus, today I surrender my life to you today. I thank you for salvation that was provided for me by your son. I thank you for truth, the truth that I can't save myself, the truth that Jesus is the only way. I ask that you hide that deep in my heart deep in my spirit. And Lord, with that truth, that acceptance that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, begin to change me from the inside out. Lord, I pray that 
You would put the right people around me so that I could fertilize that seed of truth from this day forward in my spiritual life. Plant me well. Plant me well. Water, fertilize, support, all the things that I need, Lord, in relationship. I pray for every person that's praying that prayer right now, God, that that would become a reality. Thank you, Lord, for those that said yes to truth. Thank you for those that are saying yes to the grace, to the fertilizer that God has for them in the church of Jesus Christ. And I pray that they realize that in heaven right now, all these angels are throwing a party because people who realize they can't fix themselves, they can't save themselves, that they can't rescue themselves, they came to that revelation, and today, right now, they are saved. Come on, everybody. Let's give God a big hand clap for those decisions that are being made. Let's thank God for the truth. Let's thank God for the grace, and let's thank God for the time so we could be fruitful and multiply. God bless you.